When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Before we get into today's show, let me talk to you about the best way to play fantasy football this season, and that is the Owner's Box Superflex Salary Cap Game. Build your nine-player lineup in minutes and start winning real cash. If you use the promo code DREW9 today, that is DREW9, you will get a free $10 entry into their $100,000 Week 1 contest. I'm already in that contest, so play against me and the rest of the TDN Fantasy family over on Owner's Box. TDN Fantasy. The TDN Fantasy Podcast. Podcast. With your host, Paige Demakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. Welcome into the TDN Fantasy Podcast. Chris Schubert, Jamie Eisner, Jake Arians. Back once again. It's Bold Prediction Week here on the show. AFC and NFC Bold Predictions for each team from the Fantasy Lens. Jamie has worked hard all weekend on this list. Just to present them to Jake and I, and we can destroy them here live on the show. So very excited to do this here over the next two days. Today, it is the AFC. We will go through each and every team. Guys, we've got a lot of teams to get into, so let's jump right into it. The AFC East. Jamie, I will leave the the order of these teams up to you because you're the one that has put this list together. I don't know what order you did it in when you did it. So I literally did alphabetical order because I'm going to actually turn this into an article uh, for everybody at thedraftnetwork.com, but the TDN fantasy listeners get a little bit sneak peek because you can get all Love of it. these over these next two episodes before the rest of the world gets it. So thank you for being a loyal listener. Uh, let's go with Buffalo. Let's go to the team that won with the AFC East last year, the favorites to win the AFC East again this year, and the Buffalo Bills. And see, some of these are going to be spicier than others. Some of them are going to be a little bit more complicated than others. Uh, so I'm going to get this one started here. It's Stefan Diggs related. My bold prediction for the Bills fantasy-wise is Stefan Diggs will finish as the only top five wide receiver in fantasy without double-digit touchdowns, and he will still rank in the top two. Why? All right, hold on, hold on. I, you're going to have to say it again because i got to write it down. Mathematics. You, okay, Chris, you, you, you got to take your notes, get your pen out, yeah, you, you get your Apple Pencil. Complex. Okay, here we go. I don't have an Apple Pencil yet. All right, so okay. go ahead. Jamie Say going to have a lot of catches. <laughs> that's, yes. Yeah, no, that's what I got. I just want to make Stephon sure. Stephon Diggs. Okay. You with so me so Diggs. far, Chris? Wide yes, receiver, Stephon Buffalo Diggs. Bills, big year last year. He had that one year. catch Massive. against the Saints a couple years ago that people talked about. And that's Stephon Diggs. Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay, good? Okay. We'll finish as the only top 
five fantasy wide receiver, one, two, three, four, five wide receiver, Chris, without double digit touchdowns. I got no holes to poke in that one, Jim. He will finish in the top two. I got no holes to poke in that. Targets alone, target share alone. I learned late last year, man, you can't cover him single. You can't play man against him. He's got the nuance of all of it. The chemistry he has with the quarterback. The catch percentage alone is higher than everybody else. When you have that big of that much targets, hell, I think he might be able to do that with Trubisky after watching the game the other day against the Bears, much less Josh Allen. I like that one, man. I got no holes to poke in that one. Yeah, Jimmy, I think this one is more of a – not – it's a bold, bold prediction, but it is a double down to the point that we have made on this show that what Stefan Diggs last year, what he did is repeatable. It, there isn't anything there that we go, oh, there's going to be a touchdown regression like we've talked about with, you know, maybe some players in Green Bay, right? We all still think he can produce at that high top five wide receiver level. You're just saying, listen, he's not going to do it via touchdowns. He's going to do it via volume because he's going to get the ball his way a ton. And I think that's why it's important to identify when a player breaks out, what the cause for the breakout is. And for Stefan Diggs, it was a massive jump in volume. Like if you look at the rest of his numbers, they weren't super, super out of line the rest of his career. He just got peppered with targets and he stayed healthy all season. So assuming that he gets peppered with targets again, which I have no reason to believe he's not, assuming he stays healthy and assuming Josh Allen doesn't regress, I don't see a reason why what he can't, he can't get close to what he did last year. You know what I mean? Where, where some guys spike, it's because they either went, you know, all of a sudden they caught, you know, they had a touchdown, a mega high, like a Robert Tunyon, like mega high touchdown percentage. It really boosted their fantasy value. Or, yeah, they had a great season, but then somebody else came in. Or they had a great season because another player on their team was hurt and that player's coming back. Like, there's nothing that I don't think Stefan Diggs can repeat because so much of his success in PPR last year was just the sheer volume of targets he got. Uh, alphabetical order means the Dolphins are up next. Yeah, you're going to have to keep me on, on tap with this one. Miami okay. Dolphins, here we go. Here's a spicy one, and here's one I feel so much better about that I did not overreact to week one of the preseason. So happy I didn't do that for this one. Miami Dolphins, Miles Gaskin finishes as a <laughs> top 12 running back in average fantasy points per game. I think he might I like that one games, too. But average, when he plays, in the games he plays in, he will rank inside the top 12 in points per game. Look, I like that one too. That's this is New England football 2.0. They got really good defense. They're not going to put too much on Tua's shoulders. They want to play really close games, which means they want to run the ball. When he plays, he's really solid. He's also really good in the, in the passing situations for them as well. And that's going to be a benefit to Tua dumping it off and not trying to take too much on a team that I think is going to be really good again. I did my bunch of my predictions the other day, starting see how we're going to do for every team's record. I like where the Dolphins are at. It's going to be a lot on Tua. But this is a very well-balanced team. I think he fits right in there. I like that one, too. And, Jamie, this this goes back to what we talked about last week. Don't overreact to the first data point that we get, which was that first preseason game. Allow yourself to get the context. Allow yourself allow yourself to get more data points before you make a decision like Don't this. Don't overreact so, to preseason games. Don't even react to preseason games. But Just I'll tell you this. Somebody on. gets hurt. Take, take it yeah, all in and hurt. memory bank yeah. and then move on. True, but Jamie, and be honest here, if we did this last week, I don't know if you make that bold prediction because you were like, I don't know, like I want to see a little more. No, I've been pretty consistent on Gaskin. I, I, I've i moved some guys around from preseason week one to preseason week two. Miles Gaskin was not one of them. I felt the very New good about, about holding my ground on that one. The New England Patriots, the next team up. 
So this won't be a shock to anybody who's listened to the show for more than five seconds, but uh, my bold prediction is that neither Jonu Smith nor Hunter Henry finishes as a top 15 fantasy tight end this year. Despite what ADP has them going at right now. My only hole to poke in that one is Mac Jones looks so much better than Cam Newton in the passing game for this team. I've just said don't react to the preseason or whatever, but you still have to evaluate what you see. The kid sees the field. He gets pre-snap concepts, which is everything that they do in New England. You can see the ball come out faster. He knows where to go with it better than Cam Newton does already. And I think if they're both healthy, it hurts them both. But Hunter Henry's never healthy. So if, if Johnny yeah. Smith's out there the majority of the time, I see him being the one guy that could. But they're both way overrated and overranked. This team still offensively is going to run it a ton and not be very good. Yeah, and the reality is, too, and, and the interesting nugget that we found out today is uh, Mac Jones doesn't get a lot of first-team reps this week because of some mm-hmm. inconsistent testing from Cam Newton. He's not going to be able to be back on the field with the team until at least Thursday. So uh, he's going to get a lot of time with the ones leading into the final preseason game. And for a quarterback battle that is has been heating up, you, you just... And, and I will say this. Mac Jones has been the better quarterback this preseason, but I did think Cam looked sharp in that last game. Like that sure, was the sharpest I've seen Cam yes. in a lot, maybe since that week two game against Seattle last year. I would agree like, with that. That was the sharpest I've seen him since then. Some of those slants that he never hits on stride. He looked, he did look better. I thought he looked sharp as well. It's just the way yeah, that Mac some- Jones, the ball comes out. He knows you could tell he knows where to go with it first, like faster. Yes. And, and that's weird for a rookie to say against a guy that's been in the system now for two years. That's kind of Max calling card. Like from yeah. just a pure physical skill set, like he doesn't compare to some of the other top quarterbacks in the draft, but from uh, you know the shoulders up kind of thing, that's where he's made his bones and looks like that's where he's going to make his opportunity. Where the quarterback positions play. Very soon. Yeah. The New York Jets, the last team in the AFC East. Jamie, be nice. I'm gonna go, I think Ty Johnson finishes as a top 50 running back. That's a fun name. Just to pull wow, out of my hat, going outside the top 80 running backs right now. Uh, this is one where I do think this preseason thing matters a little bit. I wanted to see where Robert Sala and Mike LaFleur were kind of how they were deploying their running backs. We knew they would like Tevin Coleman. There's a history there. Totally understand that. And, and he's gotten since he got back on the field, finally his role. They seem to like Ty Johnson. And that was something that we've heard now from a couple different coaching staffs with the Jets. Uh, it looks like he's going to get some of those early down opportunities early in the season. I do think eventually most of that work will eventually shift mid-season to Michael Carter, a lot like what we talked about last year with some of the rookies coming in. But I do think Ty Johnson is going to be a very relevant fantasy player, at least as a back-end, last spot on your bench type of a running back. I like this kid when he played last year. I can't really argue with that one either because that's going to be a jumbled-up backfield. I'll tell you what I did like. Freaking Zach Wilson. It wasn't like Justin Fields we can get into on a different show. He's made some great throws. He flashes. You see him staring him down. Mac, 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 or Zach was looking around next progression. Mm-hmm. Showed me some touch. Showed me a bullet. Showed me one on the run. Showed me one dumping off the left. Fantasy-wise, he's kind of becoming a sleeper for me is my bold prediction. Is like, I, if you want to grab that table, Jake, late, they're going to throw it a ton. Corey Davis looked good. Now, that was yeah, a preseason. They don't really react, good. but they have chemistry. You can see that. There's things you can take from the preseason. Dude, I liked what I saw from Zach Wilson, man. It was fun. It was fun to watch. Was yeah. fun. And, and, and I think he's starting to be based on the way he's played in both of these preseason games. I think he's starting to get more buzz as a fantasy quarterback sleeper. I think entering the preseason, there's this notion of, Oh, the jets aren't going to be good. I'm not taking Zach Wilson as my fantasy quarterback. And now we've well, seen one of those him. things are still true. 
the Jets aren't going to be very good, but I think him now showing what he can do, I think it's now turned into, oh, the Jets aren't going to be good, but it's not going to be because they can't score points. And it's he doesn't mind making mistakes, because- which Jamie says all no. the time. Don't worry about the Jameis Winston's throwing a ton of – he's going to throw a ton of yards and touchdowns. Don't worry about the picks. He's going to throw some, but this kid's going to put up some numbers. You saw a lot of Aaron Rodgers comparisons coming out of the draft. And yes, he was playing the Packers, but you saw those type of throws. It was the high touch to put the, I was really, really impressed with what I saw from him. The AFC North will just kind of move across the country in this regard uh, when discussing the AFC. Uh, Jamie, I believe alphabetically, this means the Cincinnati Bengals are up and does your bold prediction nope. have to do what? Nope. Chris B becomes oh, four C. Cause you did. Cause you did. Wait, what? You did Baltimore. Yeah, last I checked, yeah, the Baltimore Ravens were in the AFC North. No, because I'm, I'm, okay, I'm. Do we need looking, to go back to school? No, I'm looking at my screen and I got Ravens, Bengals, Browns, Steelers. So for me, the Bengals come well, uh, first. Yeah, but that's not how we do this, Chris. We always go. If teams are listed alphabetically, they are listed. You just said Miami, and New England, and then switched to the mascots. Come on, we got to the North. Let's go back. Let's go. Go watch Sesame Street. Let's learn our letters again and figure out how this works. Okay. Uh, Baltimore, Baltimore Ravens, Ravens now are up. My yeah, bold okay. prediction. My bold prediction is that Chris, this will not be the last mess up Chris makes on the show when it comes to the order. Uh, Baltimore Ravens. J.K. Dobbins ranks in the top ten in the NFL in rushing touchdowns, but still finishes below his current ADP of RB fifteen. I, I, I love, love, I love the watching. Gus bus, man. I think the Gus bus is enough yeah. to mess that up right there. He was a touchdown monster last year. He's still going to be that short yardage guy. But Gus Edwards is a thing for them. Lamar Jackson is definitely a thing for them around the ball. I, I can't really argue with that one too much either. The kid's getting a ton of hype. And he looked good last year, but he's not existing in the passing game. I don't see that as being a progression as part of this offense. And they gave Gus Edwards the money. We've said this like five times on the show. He's a thing. I, I yeah, Jamie Chris was talking. Because I, yeah, I, 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 I don't have it in front of me. I don't have the words in front of me, so I'm well, trying because, to follow Because it here's why, Chris. Time. If I just say J.K. Dobbins won't finish as a top 15 running back, it doesn't feel very bold. Like, I feel like, okay, like, yeah, that's where he's going, but, like, it doesn't feel like I'm making that bold of a prediction. Like, I, I, I try to spice it up. Like, he, I think he will be in the top 10 in rushing touchdowns, so I still think he'll get plenty of touchdown volume, double digits even, but right. just won't be a top 15 running back in fantasy. Yeah, and, PPR. and this, is, this has been a conversation on the show a lot about what we think that running back situation is going to look like in Baltimore throughout the course of the season. They paid, they paid the Gus bus and he is going to be a, a player in their offense. And so when you have that, you know, in the room, when you have another person in the room that we know that the offense likes, we know that the coaching staff likes that we know the coaching staff is going to use. I think it sets up for a prediction like this. Okay. Well, and also, you know, that, uh, that Lamar Jackson fella, he also runs the ball a lot. Yeah. He's also going to have a ton of success on the ground. Okay. Now, now here's your team, Chris. It's Cincinnati now. I, I think a- we can talk about Cincinnati B- now. Cincinnati. Okay. Very good. Okay. Bold prediction. Uh, T. Higgins leads all Bengals in receiving touchdowns. So this this is ba- okay. So uh, can we talk about there was some, I had a, I got a message over the weekend from from Jamie where he goes I don't know what I'm going to do with Jamar Chase in my in my rankings because he has the yips, but I know I got to do something. Like I know something has to be done, but I don't know what it's going to be yet. That report that came out this morning that Auden Tate could take snaps from him early in the, like, that's not what you want when you skip the left tackle for your star quarterback to go with his dude. This is not what you want, Bengals fans. He's got the yips because, like, he comes back to practice. The day after, obviously, he had those those big drops in, in the preseason game over the weekend. The next day of practice in 11-on-11, drops the first pass he gets, hits him in the hands, drops another end zone pass, hits him in the hands. He's got the yips. He's just, it's, it's, it's up here. It's mental. I'm pointing at it's my trying, head. Jerry, this is a Judy mental issue for Trying him. too hard. 
Yes. Not let the game and, come and to again, you. You're just you're trying too hard. It's, it happens, but long term, he'll be fine. I don't have any long term concerns, but short term to like in terms of like being able to make an immediate like week one, week two, week three September impact for you in fantasy, I have to be a little concerned at this point. I'm gonna disagree with this one. And I'm gonna give okay. you a bold take that says our boy Tyler Boyd leads the Bengals in all receiving categories, period. Catches touchdowns, yards all the way across the board. Most consistent guy they got. This show loves Tyler Boyd, rightfully so. We, this, this is show. the Tyler Boyd fan club. Yeah, yeah. We, we, By the we way, are. all the mock drafts that I've done, which is like 70 now since the show last week, he's fallen to me in a bunch of rounds. I got a nice little thing going we're going to have to talk about on the show here. Like, you do enough mock drafts, people. I talk about this every year. You start seeing, like, your own algorithm consistency of guys you want falling to you in different places, even as you mess up your draft order and, and change that up. This is a dude I'm targeting – a ton. And I'm not, I'm, I'm taking him as the number one Bengals receiver, even in fantasy mock drafts right now. And, and Jamie, real quick, I know that, you, that this prediction was about T Higgins, but I want to get back to the Jamar Chase thing for a second. I think it's also, but you have Jamar Chase ranked a little bit higher than most do in your wide receiver rankings. So I think not, not, not from, not by the time <laughs> tomorrow comes around. So I know. So, and I think because of that, that's what makes you go, man, I got to do something because I'm higher on him than most. And now he's got the, the yips. I got to make a, make an adjustment in the other direction. And I think that's the thing too. It's like, I, I have plenty of room to now drop him a little bit without it being ridiculous. And I think that I, I have to figure, I'm going to basically after we do are done recording this show, I'm going to kind of figure out where I can reasonably put him projection wise. Now, like it's not going to be, it's not going to tumble, but you know, I was obviously extremely high on him and I can't be that high, at least based on what I've seen so far. Cause I think it might just take a few more weeks and I anticipated for him to get up to speed. I have a feeling there's going to be one of those mysterious. He needs to miss a few days, hamstring pull. He has a slight calf tweak. Go get your mind right i.e. some other guys we've talked about here recently, I need a few days to get my mind right kind of thing, and maybe the hands will come back. Uh, there's something like that going on. Look, I, I was the first one to say they're going to take him over Penny Sewell. He's going to be the number one receiver when we did our rookie show, our number one rookie. I, I'm start, I was feeling really good about that until like the last seven days. Now it's kind of, it's kind of bugging me a little bit. Uh, the Cleveland Browns, I believe, are next up if we're following this. It's got to be good. Order. Um, uh, this has to do with Odo Beckham Jr., right, Jamie? I know it does. I got a good one. Oh, I got a spicy one. Okay, so I'm just going to get this out of the way now. It is at Jamie Eisner on Twitter, oh, at no. Jamie Eisner, TD on oh, Instagram. That's no. where you can send all your hate mail. You ready? Sitting down? Donovan Peoples-Jones scores more touchdowns than Odell Beckham Jr. this year. Oh, you, you, oh I love you, it. Oh, this is, no, so this this is not this is not fan this is not Jamie Eisner, the fantasy analyst. This is Jamie Eisner trying to melt down Twitter. He knows what he's doing here. This is just I know people still love Odell Beckham Jr. And I'm Zach, if you you're year. listening to the show and posting, you do those little graphics that you like to make for us after the show. That's your quote, okay? And then I'm gonna just turn. I'm just gonna mute notifications on that post. Oh my goodness! This one is probably going to play more games. That's a big reason. That's. I mean, this is the this is the at Jamie Eisner. I hate Odell Beckham Jr. fans because yes. he doesn't play. And Jamie gives you all the analysis of why, all the statistical analysis of why, all the analytics of everything of that is Odell Beckham Jr. They don't throw it as much as everybody else. The target share is not there. Catch percentage isn't there. It doesn't play 17 games. All the above, and nobody cares how fast he ran on the treadmill. I'm gonna tell you that one one more time this week on the show. I like this one. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna disagree just because I, I love that you went out there. This is a bold take. 
Let's see, again, this is just Jamie. I can see the smile in his face. He's just doing this to rile up Twitter. That's all this is. He knows that this was an opportunity to just get everybody riled up on a Monday, and that's what he's doing here. So that, that means he's going to finish behind Chubb, Hunt, Hooper, Landry, and Peoples-Jones? He's not going to finish in the top five on offense of Browns touchdowns? I mean, there's not that many to go around on the receivers. I'm going to throw that out there that he's going to be behind all those guys in touchdowns. Yeah. The last he's going to catch two in week one. Everybody's going to be like, oh, I told you so. Oh, yeah, no, I, I'm full of, fully aware of that. But I also remember when J.K. Dobbins blew up in week one, everyone screamed at me, and then they never heard from him again for eight weeks. So, you know, it happens. So it's a long game. Jimmy plays the long game. He plays 17-week, 17-game uh, season here for him. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the last team in the AFC North. Kind of hard for me to get this Ooh, one. It's got to be good, too. Yeah, I couldn't think of a really great one, I'll be honest with you, um, for this team, because I think they're surprisingly properly rated on a lot of fronts. But I went with uh, Ben Roethlisberger doesn't finish as a top 20 quarterback in average fantasy points per game, despite having three wide receivers ranked in the top 35. So this is one of those classic cases where I think like Ben's just going to be like steady fantasy presence. Chris, I'll explain it to you. It's okay. I, it's I know. Just, you make my brain hurt. I'm like, because like, in my, okay. in my head, I have to make so, two lists. I'm like, okay, this if, is what If you Ben's remember the be. phrase, Chris, I mean, if you remember the phrase I used about like why buy the frosting, would you, if you love the frosting so much, why don't you just buy the cake? From what, like the Jameis Winston with his weapons in Tampa a couple years ago, this is kind of like the opposite point. We're like, I'm still in on wide receiver two territory for both Juju and Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool for wide receiver three territory. Ebron will be fine. I think you're going to get good value from those guys where they're going. I just don't think it's going to translate into Ben Roethlisberger being a top 20 QB on a per game basis. Uh, and what I mean by that is obviously because there's going to be some QBs that, you know, rookies that play maybe 12 games or 14 games. So I think he's going to be that, like that steady presence, that Derek Carr-like thing where you look up at the end of the year and he's probably like the QB 16 or 17 in total points, but like the QB 23 or 24 in average points. That's kind of where I think Ben is going to be this year. So essentially yep. what I'm saying is buy all of the other Steelers as you have been. I just don't think it's going to make Ben Roethlisberger the, the fantasy star. That's essentially what this take is. I got one, but I can't figure out which way I want to go. I either want to say buyer beware on Juju or buyer beware on Clay Chase Claypool. And I think it's Claypool, but then I go back to how much they threw to him last year as a rookie, even in like fourth and one and throwing a slant and some of that stuff. It's going to be interesting to see what this offense looks like. And another guy in my mock drafts that fell to me way too much was Najee Harris, who I love, but I'm just not all in on taking in like the 14th pick. I just looked at the ADP for the running back position, and I didn't know that this had moved. Najee Harris now being running back 11. My bold prediction, he doesn't finish there. I'm out on this. I am out on RB11 it's too Najee high. Harris. I don't have him that far. I don't have him much lower than that, but he, it's too high. Look, there's a, him and ETN, who I'm excited about, but everything you're hearing out of Jacksonville is Robinson's a thing. He's going to be involved in the passing. Like those two are like, ooh, you're going to make or break a bunch of fantasy teams if you take those guys in the second round. Like that's my buyer beware of this one. But Jake, and I agree with you, but Travis Etienne, and we'll get to the Jags here because we're getting to the South next. Etienne is running back 23 and overall player 54 in PPR formats. That's more tolerable. Like I can, I can, I can. Yeah, because you can snatch him in the fourth, which I love. But like, maybe you're yeah. looking at like his role is 14, less 15 for Harris. But, but Jamie, Mike. I'm just talking about compare the two, right? Like Najee Harris going as running back 11 and, and player overall 15. Like I just okay, – well, I can't get there.
Guys, before we get to the AFC South and the AFC West, Jamie, tell the people, tell the listeners of the TD and Fantasy Podcast about our new partners, our new friends over at Owner's Box. Yes, I want to introduce all of our listeners to the Owner's Box Superflex Salary Cap Game. It's a never-before-seen format in the weekly fantasy sports space. It is a Superflex format. They have gotten rid of the kicker. They have gotten rid of defenses, and they have added a Superflex position. That way you can maximize what you all love the most in the fantasy community, and that is offense. So build your nine-player lineup in minutes while staying under the $50,000 salary cap and start winning cash. All you have to do is go to ownersbox.com or download the Owner's Box app on iOS or Android and use the promo code DREW9 today. That is as in Drew Brees. So Drew and the number nine, and you'll get a free $10 entry into the $100,000 NFL Week 1 contest to win real cash. I already have my lineup locked in that I will surely change at least 30 or 40 times between now and kickoff. Join me, play against me and the rest of the TDN crew. Win some real money over at ownersbox.com and on the Owners Box app. AFC South. And doing this in alphabetical order tells me that it's the Houston Texans that we get to start with. Is that is that is that good? Did I do well here? This ought to be fantastic. Yeah, I can't wait to hear is, this. Is, is there a, one? This is an interesting group here. So I, I'm actually looking through a few different ones, and I believe you are right. It's Houston. By the way, they all are like together. It's always a weird part about the, the AFC South, like three teams in a row in just regular alphabetical order on the NFL list. I went with Tyrod Taylor finishes as a top 18 quarterback at average fantasy points per game. Right now going outside the top 30 quarterbacks in ADP. He's going to be the starter and he's going to be fairly productive because they're going to throw the ball a bunch. He's going to run around in the backfield. There limits the turnovers. It's not going to be pretty to watch the Houston Texans this year by any means whatsoever, but there's going to be some fantasy value there. And we have seen when Tyrod Taylor's gotten the opportunity to be a starter with quite frankly, more limited weapons than he's had now that he can have some fantasy success. So that's a guy that in super flex leagues, two quarterback leagues, I'm absolutely targeting late in my draft. Chris, I'm going to break this down for you. Jamie's now saying that Tyrod Taylor is going to finish mm -hmm. two spots higher than Ben Roethlisberger, at least in fantasy average points per game. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I feel very I think I can get down up. with this take. They're going to suck so bad, they're going to play the rookie at some point, and Tyrod Taylor is going to get Tyrod Taylored for Davis Mills. <laughs> like, it's going to happen. So my only thing, so average points per game, you're probably right. I, I guess that's the the – the nuance here of we're going to break this down for average because I don't think he's going to play all season. And I don't like, yeah, I have him about 12 or 13 starts. That's kind of where I, in my mind is where I put that down for him. Then I probably like it. They're going to suck. They're going to throw it way more than they want to. They don't have any weapons. Brandon cooks, if he can stay healthy is still a stud regardless who the quarterback is. I don't think he finishes two spots ahead of Ben, but. Well, I don't know where else you were going with this take for Houston to be honest. It's tough. <laughs> This is a, yeah, talking I, about a fantasy wasteland for the most and, part. And I think I when it say comes this in those mock drafts, sorry, Chris, cut you off. Okay. David Johnson, people are forgetting that he's a thing. He was a thing in the running game last year. If they use him in the passing game at all, he is a sneaky, sneaky bench addition late. Don't forget about David Johnson. When you listen to the show, write down some of these names that are falling. Another one was like, before we get to the, what we talked earlier, Will Fuller, that, that's not like a season long suspension, yeah. people. One game, guys. <laughs> it's a week one two. game thing. I was, I was getting him like two. the 11th and 12th round, Jamie. I'm yeah. like, what? Yeah. What is going on he's here? He's going to miss time. He's going to miss time, but like, he's going to be the number one downfield option for them. Like, I, 
I agree with you. People are completely forgetting about him. It's weird because I did not to get off too much on a tangent because we have like what, seven other teams to talk about. But thinking in years past, if you're suspended for four games, people remember you're suspended for four games and you're always like a sleeper target. If you're suspended for one, everybody forgets about you. Like New how many team, times is Julian Edelman or Tom Brady or? Yeah, like I was going, okay, I'm going to go running back for four straight rounds to start the draft just to see how it goes and see what receivers I ended up with. And I was ending up with like Tyler Boyd, Antonio Brown, Deontay Johnson, and throwing Will Fuller on my bench and T.Y. Hilton after that. I was like, that's why I can't get out of a deal here. That's why I can't get behind the zero RB strategy because there are just so many damn good wide receivers that are getting slept on right now that like, why would I, why would I wait? Like, I just, I don't understand. Like I can get, I can get top 30 wide receiver talent for dirt cheap right now because people are underrating them. But back to David Johnson, if you do take one of those receivers early, he's a guy you can snatch late that could be a flex for you at certain times. He's going to be a thing. The Indianapolis Colts, Jamie. I went with, uh, and this will this will stay on brand for me as well for my theme all summer. Uh, I think Kylan Granson leads all Colts tight ends in fantasy points. We love this. That's my bold We take. love this. I really like what he's done in camp. Every report from the second he put on pads in Indianapolis has been very positive. Um, obviously, Jack Doyle, Mo Ali Cox are there, but I think they're going to use, especially when Carson Wentz comes back, uh, a lot of two tight end sets. I think Kyle Granson's got the end of the day when it's all said at the end of the season, he is going to lead all Colts tight ends and fantasy points. Now, to be fair, almost none of them are going to be like tight end one territory or anything, but I do think he will lead them in points. Who leads the Colts receivers and fantasy points is a better question. Cause I am not liking where Pittman's AP or I guess yeah, just way too high. Yeah. Pittman's ADP is too high. I mean, on a per game basis, it's TY, but like, does he miss time? Like that's where, I mean, does Pittman miss time? It's not great. Like, I feel like the Colts outside of Jonathan Taylor and Naeem Hines, by the way, Hines is still going at a tremendous value right now. Yes, I love is. Naeem Hines where he's going in drafts. But outside of those guys, I'm not excited to have any other Colts player. Like, I, uh, Taylor, Hines, and I really want nothing else to do with anybody else on that team. Other than I literally was picking up T.Y. Hilton in the 12th and 13th round. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, at that point, there's no him risk. on your bench and watch and see. Yeah, there's no risk. But I'm not excited to draft anybody No, on that, the rest of that Colts team. The, and don't disrespect- draft Campbell. Let's not, let's not do this. The disrespect of Corey Davis being behind Michael Pittman and ADP at wide receivers is not for not in my rankings. He ain't. I'm 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 offended. I'm Corey offended. Davis's ADP right now is criminal. By the way, it it's is 40, absolutely criminal. He's 47 wide receiver. And 47 up. and that's yeah, up. he up. was outside the top 50 before this weekend. Yeah, whatever. Criminal. He's a he's, a, he's ranked as a wide receiver three for me. And by the way, has been all offseason. The Jacksonville Jaguars, we talked about them a little bit earlier when talking about uh, Najee Harris and Travis Etienne. Jamie, what do you have for the people on the Jacksonville Jaguars? Stay on brand yet again here. Oh, yeah. Marvin Jones finishes in the top three in the AFC in receiving touchdowns. I don't even want to tell you where I was getting Marvin Jones in every one of these drafts. Yeah, he's just there, isn't he? He's just always there. I never took him inside the top 10 rounds. No, this is my new Aaron Jones. Apparently, just I got to find a Jones every year to throw my weight behind. <laughs> yes. It's been Aaron, and now it's Marvin. Speaking and of like, criminal, what was the end of the sentence? Because I didn't listen when after you said Marvin, Marvin Jones. I just knew that you <laughs> liked him. Top three in the AFC in receiving touchdowns. Wow. So I think we're looking Tyreek Hill, A.J. Brown, and then it's probably around Marvin Jones, Keenan Allen. I think that's the top four. Look, man, when order. he was playing without Galladay, and it was Stafford, yes, and they were throwing it a ton because they sucked. He's a monster. He gets slept on and forgotten all the time. This team's going to suck. They're going to throw it a ton. 
And I don't know that who's getting open in the red zone from Stafford. I mean, this kid's elite arm talent. They're going to throw it. He doesn't care about slinging it. And he yeah. it will be the starter regardless of what Urban Meyer says. I love the men's stash, but there's no competition there. Uh, that's a bold take, but I, I don't hate it. Tennessee Titans, last team in the AFC South. Well, let's go with another Jones here. I'll stay. This is like my all-brand division. Uh, Julio Jones will have his lowest receptions per game output since his rookie season. So in that rookie season back in 2011, he averaged 4.15 catches per game. He won't be that low quite, but he will have the lowest catches per game output since that season. I'm going to give you the shrug emoji. I can't wait to talk to my dad. I talked to him a little bit the other day about the, you know, they had the joint practices and all that stuff. I didn't even ask about Julio. I don't know how much he did, but like after watching their practices with, without Arthur Smith, is it going to be different? Are they going to force the ball there? I, I know Tannehill has been a little up and down because they have been throwing it more in practice, but that's going to be interesting. I can't wait to get that little bit of nugget of insight there. I have to agree with you because I can't imagine this offense looks a lot different than it has in the past. It also goes through Derrick Henry, but that defense that gets way too much credit hasn't fished above top 21 in the last two seasons. And I think they got worse. I think they're going to have to throw it a little more than they have in the past. They can try to run it and keep it close in the first half, but if they get down a little bit, he's still a monster. So I, I agree with you on what they want to do, but it might change on what they have to do. Yes. And the last point I want to make on that is I always do with Julio Jones. I'm not expecting a massive talent drop. I'm just expecting a volume drop. Like that's the point I've been trying to make with Julio Jones all off season. I will say scar tissue is a thing. And this dude has had a bunch of soft tissue injuries the last three or four years. Scar tissue pops. It feels like a hamstring pulled again. You miss a week, you miss a half. And then he plays with us when he goes out and warms up, plays, catches one catch for seven yards and then play the rest of the game. That, that could be a thing. So that's another buyer beware on Julio's yes. getting old. Talent's still there, but how much can that body take? He's a big dude that's super lean with had a bunch of injuries. Last division that we will get to here on the show, wrapping up the bold predictions here for the AFC, the AFC West. And oh boy, it's not in order on my screen, so I have to do it in order in my head. The Denver Broncos are the first team well, up there that, you we go. Will, that we will talk about here on the program. Jamie, your bold prediction for the Denver Broncos. Ready for me, for me to piss off everybody again? No, you did this earlier with the Odell thing. What are we doing now? Okay. Cortland Sutton finishes outside the top 50 wide oh. receivers and average fantasy points per game. I, I like Come that you kind of went there because Cortland Sutton's a stud and we like him, but he's coming off injury. How about a bolder take on the running back situation, James? Do you have a bold Ooh. take that you want to throw out there on this running back situation? Because Javante <laughs> is getting a lot of love in ADP category two. I believe he's higher than Melvin Gordon. Well, I guess then my, my bold take is I'd still rather have Melvin Gordon. Um, I, I look, Javante is going to be the guy next year and beyond. And he's going to get plenty of work this year. Vic wants to run the ball. They're going to run the ball, but we haven't, I think it's sometimes for guys that aren't in these preseason games, or they've been a little bit banged up, or they're basically, we would have played if it was week one, but there's really no reason to test this in the preseason type of injuries. People are just forgetting about them entirely. Melvin Gordon's going to have a huge role on this team. Javante Williams will have his as well. I would not be surprised to see if Javante Williams have a big second half. I am not paying the Javante Williams ADP price right now. And I would still not take Melvin Gordon all. over Javante Williams. That's another guy in price. Melvin Gordon that if you went receiver early and you need to get a running back late, he was another guy that people were sleeping on, forgetting that he was a top eight guy a couple years ago. They're still paying $10 million, people. They're yep. paying him $10 million. He's going to play a ton if he's healthy. That's another guy they're sleeping on. I was hoping you were going to go there because I was going to say my bold take is that Melvin Gordon still leads them in carries and yards and touchdowns yep. from the running back position. Yes, I'm full agreement on that. 
And Jake, uh, just which to shouldn't back be up a your- bold take. It just apparently is now. It is now. It's like it's like the Amari Cooper. I guess uh, this won't be my bold take for the the Cowboys, but when we do that show later this week, but it's like having Amari Cooper above CD Lamb, which apparently now is like a hot take. Like he's their number okay. one. Yeah. Like don't like I I don't know I, I love CD Lamb. I see Lamb's in my top twenty. Like it, but it's just like he's I'm not taking him before Amari Cooper. No. But that'll be for our uh- NFC show, Chris. Uh, Jake, to back up your point, Javante Williams, uh, RB27, Melvin Gordon, RB30 right now in, in ADP. 27, you're buying at full price, essentially. Like, I don't. And you're not getting full price. I just told you no. they're paying him $10 million. Like, if Melvin Gordon's. Healthy, unless Melvin Gordon gets like multi week injury in the season, you're not going to get return on that. If he does, he's at least back. not in the first half of the year. He's coming like, back. If he misses three weeks, he's yeah. coming back. He's going to get carries. He's going to cut right back into that load. They're paying him $10 million. It's guaranteed. He's not Look, going. Sign me up. Sign me up for 2022 Javante Williams. Yes. I'm all aboard that hype train. Just like, just all Sign aboard. me up at 80 27 a... for 22. Right. Absolutely. Now. Probably, I, I'm going to have him in my, I, I, it's a little too early to do 2022 rankings at this point, I would say, but I Even would, for you? I would say there's a good chance that he would be in my top 25 running backs at this point. If I had to guess right now, the Kansas city chiefs next up here, uh, if we're going in alphabetical order, which we are Jamie, what do you got? Travis Kelsey scores at least 50 more fantasy points than any other tight end in the NFL. Oh, what does this take? Speaking of mock drafts, he hasn't made it past pick 10 in the 70-ish that I've done. And I sit there and I go, that's because he's the number one receiver on the board, and that's how you have to look at him. Above Devontae Adams, who we all love, he's going way ahead of him. And if you watch the Kansas City Chiefs play, and we've talked about their lack of weapons, the number one guy is not Tyree Kill. It's still Travis Kelsey. It's the best chemistry he has with his best friend, the quarterback. And he's been healthy. I, I don't. I think it could be higher than that. Yeah. And I mean, the way I look at this, put up some numbers, but I think it could be higher than that. Like he is basically the number one receiver in football, but he has a tight end designation. With one fewer game last year, I believe is around thirty-ish points that he had above Darren Waller last year. I love George Kittle, but he's not playing 17 games. He just, it's just not going to happen. No other tight ends, even in this conversation. Uh, and by the way, I think even if Darren Waller would have to repeat his big season, I'm still a little bit concerned about that injury that kept him out for so much time. Uh, th- this is why he is going in the top 10 because he, the separation between him is, and the next tight end on the board could be McCaffrey like maybe even higher where we talk about like differentiators and that is why he's going in the top 10. So I want to reiterate that point. And also because like, I really don't like the options that Patrick Mahomes has to throw to like, I'll be perfectly honest with you. Like I, it, but uh, Michael Hardman's a guy. Uh, I'm also still concerned about that. Offense. Byron Pringle. Like, yeah, you're going to have five new starters on your offensive line. Uh, I just, it's like, there's a lot of, to me, it's Kelsey's it's Kelsey and Hiller and get, fed constantly by the best quarterback in the league. And I think just that's where all the volume is going to go. That's not a bold take, but I just think Travis Kelsey is in a, in a beyond a class of his own at this point, is even Travis as good Kelsey as Waller and Kittle are. The highest floor, highest ceiling player in fantasy. I think he's the highest floor player in fantasy. He's the and highest floor. Him. Highest ceiling is still McCaffrey, but um, yeah, I mean, he's in that conversation. I like, like to think about that is. though. Like that's, you, people yeah. have to look at it almost like, He's next to McCaffrey is almost like the next surest thing with the highest floor week to week. That's going to put up. If he catches two touchdowns in a game, it's a monster, monster game. Two more teams to go here in the AFC West, Jamie, the Las Vegas Raiders, the next team up. 
Okay, here's another. There's a spicy one. Oh boy, because ADPs are all over the place on their guys. Hunter Redfro leads all waiters. Waiters. Raiders. The waiters. Raiders wide receivers in fantasy points. Not Henry Ruggs, not Man, Brian Edwards, the not John, John Brown. Brown. Disrespect is real. Well, John Brown's gonna get on the field, my dude. I mean, the Hunter Renfro. I am working Jalen Ramsey, and I'm talking about it. I don't hate it, man. The dude has done nothing but walk on at Clemson and be a stud ever since. A disrespected, forgotten little white slot guy over there in the corner, like white men can't jump, and then he hits you for forty threes. Woody Harrelson, I, I don't hate it, James. I mean, it's a bold take. I was kind of hoping you were going to go Kenyon Drake outscores Josh Jacobs in total points from the running back position, which would be a really bold take too. But uh, I, don't, I don't hate it. That one's he's got chemistry with the quarterback, and if Waller does have any issues at all, that's a third down monster. Well, again, and, and monster. I'm not including Waller in this equation, so I'm just right. going with wide receiver. Right. Obviously, Darren Waller is going to. I'm just saying where the ball is every... If, if yeah. Waller doesn't play a week or two, that that production's got to go somewhere. Los Angeles Chargers, the last team here in the AFC show. So I'm going to keep this one also on brand here, and I'm going to go Mike Williams finishes no higher than fourth on the Chargers in targets. No higher than fourth in targets. You're not expecting him to play very much. No. And even if he does. He's pretty high up there, too. I was shocked where I was seeing him going. Yeah. Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, whoever wins the wide receiver three job between Josh Palmer, Tyron Johnson, Jalen Guyton, whatever it is there. Uh, between Cook. his injury history, the way he's been used, the fact that he's not going to be back there next year, and they made that very, pretty much very clear with the way they've handled his contract situation. Uh, I've talked about it. I, the idea of Mike Williams has always been better than the production. He's a four to five targeted game guy at best at this point. Deep guy, so when he gets those four or five targets and he catches three of them, he has a nice game. But uh, I am, to me, he is nothing more than bench fodder at, at this point in fantasy. I would take him right around the same time I'm taking... His ADP yeah, is I would just there. take him right around where you would take Josh Palmer and Tyron Johnson and those kind of guys. Like that's where you should be going because I don't think his upside is that much higher than and anybody else they have there. So you no higher than Jared Cook too. No, because Cook's not going to be on the field in all situations. So uh, I like Jared Cook, but he's just he's not going to you know because I still think you know that that we're going to get like eighty-ish targets for Mike Williams or seven, the high seventies. I think that's a lot to ask for Cooks when he's not going to be on the field. A Cook when he's not going to be on the field in all yeah. situations. That's it. Might score more touchdowns than Mike Williams, though. I wouldn't be surprised by that. Where is Bold Mike Purdue. Williams' ADP, Chris? I'm going to put you on the spot. Mike yeah, Williams' it, ADP. I can click on this real quick here for you. Mike Let's Williams' have ADP. Right All right, I have it. Jay, does Jamie want to say where he has him in his rankings before I reveal this number? 63 is where he is in my rankings right now. Oh, boy. This is going to be fun conversation. His ADP is wide receiver 49. I told you. Way yeah, too high. Too high. He was floating around. It's crazy just, just names. For, just for you know what's in giggles, where's Josh Palmer going? Uh, Josh Palmer. I have to scroll here, so this is really great content. That's, 82. That's, that's the point I want to make. Okay. 82. That's 20 spots too low. There's your, yeah. there's your answer, people. You, you, Mike Williams, look, he's a phenomenal athlete. He never stays healthy. We love him coming out of Clemson, too. If I'm going to gamble there. on a non-Keenan Allen Chargers receiver, give me Palmer or Tyron Johnson at their ADPs over Mike Williams by a mile. All day long. Because I don't, I think their ups, all of their upsides are almost identical. Chris, all of their give downsides me the three guys above and below Mike Williams on the ADP. 
Okay, the three guys above and below Mike Williams in ADP. The three guys in front of him, Marquise Brown, Corey Davis, and Michael Pittman Jr. Okay. The three guys below him, Darnell Mooney, his, uh, Henry Ruggs, and Marvin Jones Jr. Just to hammer that point home, people, there yeah. you go. By the way, I, I'm out on rugs to that ADP too. I think that's ridiculous. Yes, but um, sure. given we have no context for it, but again, two guys that we just talked about that we love in that in that group of six we just talked about: Corey Davis and Marvin Jones Jr. Is that it? We good here? Bold predictions for the AFC in the books. It is going to be the NFC on Wednesday, and we will wrap up our bold predictions, or at least Jamie's fantasy bold predictions uh, for the 2021 season. Uh, Jake, where can everybody follow you on social media? Jake B. Arians on Twitter and Arians NFL on Instagram. Excellent job, Jamie, by the way. Jamie, thank you. And you can send all your, your hate tweets and messages to at Jamie Eisner on Twitter, at Jamie Eisner TDN on Instagram. Follow me on Twitter at Shoe Radio, S-C-H-U Radio. Follow the show on Twitter at T-D-N Fantasy and the DraftNetwork.com underneath the Fantasy tab is where you can find all of this fantasy content. We will be back on Wednesday with bold predictions for the NFC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.